0: You're listening to the Health Coach Careers podcast brought to you by Wellpreneur. Learn what it's really like to be a health coach in these interviews with real, successful health coaches. These interviews originally aired on the Wellpreneur podcast, and they're hosted by me, Wellpreneur founder Amanda Cook. I hope they give you inspiration and insight into planning your own health coaching career. Are you thinking about becoming a health coach? I know it's a big decision. I know I had a lot of questions, fears, and excitement when I took the leap to become a health coach while I was still working full-time. That's why I've created a free health coach decision kit to help you decide if it's the right next step for you. Download the decision kit at wellpruner.com slash decision kit. Welcome back for this week's episode. This week, I'm talking to Latham Thomas from Mama Glow. Latham is a wellness and birth coach, a yoga teacher, and an author. And Mama Glow is really one of the premier lifestyle sites for expectant mothers. So in our conversation today, we're talking about how Latham has built Mama Glow into really one of the premier sites for expectant mothers and also has gotten major press coverage for her business. And we also get into her personal experience as an entrepreneur, and a health and wellness business owner, and especially how she's used community to support her and help her build her business. And we also talk about Latham's experience having a business while being a single mother. So we really talk about the balance between lifestyle and business and and really getting the support that you need to achieve what you want in your life. I think you'll enjoy our interview. So now, without any further delay, let's jump into the interview with Latham from Mama Glow. Well, hi, Latham. Welcome
1: to the show. Hi, thank you for having me.
0: I was really happy that you agreed to be interviewed, actually, because I've seen Mama Glow for a few years, and it's such a neat brand. I think you're really... I love the niche that you're in, because... Women, when they get pregnant or their new mothers, they it's, it's quite confusing, you know, when you get all this conflicting information. And so I love that you're simplifying everything for them and helping them step into their own power. I think it's
1: beautiful. Thank you. I wish that it was around when I was pregnant. <laughs> So can you start
0: us off by just telling us a little bit of the background of how you decided to start this business?
1: When I was pregnant with my son in 2003, I sought out to learn everything I could possible about maternal wellness. I was the youngest of all my friends to have a baby, or I should say the first of all my friends to have a baby. So I didn't really have like models to show me the way. And living in New York City, I figured it must be easy to navigate because this is a city where you can get get bagels delivered at two in the morning, you can get liquor delivered, you can get you can have anything at a drop of a dime. And what I was finding was that it was very difficult to find the practitioners, get appointments, You know, vet products and services that were suitable for moms to be. And I didn't understand why everything seemed so disparate. And at the time, the internet was not the trusted source for information. Actually, people still use telephone books, which are total relics now. But at the time, I was looking through the phone book and the yellow pages and white pages and actually pounding the pavement and meeting practitioners, looking at different products, exploring services that were mother-baby friendly. And I decided to sort of come up with not just a an index of what was good for moms, but also a methodology based on my experiences, you know, through nutrition, the, the diet that I abided by during my pregnancy and the yoga practice that I, you know, engaged in during the pregnancy, as well as lifestyle practices that I think every woman should really engage and to feel and look her most radiant. So it became this sort of lifestyle that was emerging and would become the rudiments of Mama Glow, you know, almost 12 years ago now. And I didn't know that it was a company. I just knew it was something that I loved and that I lived by. And once my son was born, I felt this urge inside, like this, re like that I was giving birth to something else. And It was sort of the first stages of my business that would become Mama Glow.
0: So at the time when you started it, did you just start it as a blog?
1: I actually started kind of meeting with people in my living room who wanted to learn about how I maintained optimal wellness during pregnancy. So they would just come over and I would just sort of like lecture or chat and answer questions. I studied at the Institute for Integrated Nutrition so that I could be qualified to give nutrition advice, obviously. I completed my yoga teacher training certification as well as uh, a few prenatal certifications so that I could teach my prenatal methods. Methodology that I had developed as well. So once I had those pieces, it was sort of like, okay, I could really help people in this area. Like people usually go to different places when they're pregnant, and I wanted them to come under one umbrella. So I sought out at that point to launch the the business, which was under a different name at the time. And then moving forward, I um, got my doula certification because that was the last piece that I really needed. And then I was able to serve mothers before, during, and after pregnancy into their labor and postpartum. So it really brought my entire business full circle. And then the book started to happen. And you know, then that really crafted everything else as well. So it was really organic. It wasn't something that I sought out to do. And I didn't know the, the, the shape it would take. But I knew that I was meant to help mothers and women transition into this phase of their life uh, beautifully and smoothly and feel supported. But also that my mission is really to transform the way we perceive this time in our lives, women and men, because I think that culturally in different parts of the world, there's different perceptions, but I would say largely in the West, you know, it's one that's not dignified and empowering for the woman. It's like a lot of our power seems to be taken away and, uh, or we don't claim it. And so, and it's not a time that we look at our bodies as beautiful or that we, you know, celebrate and feel sexy it's a time where women sort of cover up and try to minimize the weight gain or try to um, you know bring less attention to themselves and that they don't feel beautiful And we want to flip that paradigm on its head and and also educate and help people understand what's happening globally. You know, what some of the birth disparities are and use the awareness that people have about our brand and use the brand messaging to also point people in the direction of things that they should know, like to educate people. You know, really, our mission is to educate to inspire and to help inspire action in people. So we want to activate people, really. Mm -hmm. And that's at the core, really what our mission is, is to stir things up. So I was so honored that my son coming through me in this way and my experience with this natural birth and working with midwives, that I was touched in such a way that I knew that it was my life's work to continue to help other women deliver and And feel safe and beautiful and empowered in the process.
0: Mm -hmm. When you were saying that it's so clear to me that you're really passionate about it and like you said it's your life's work like you feel a calling to do this and I think you know so many people in health and wellness that's the reason we get into it maybe we have a personal experience or we've healed ourselves from an illness or just another you know an experience like that with a family member or just with yourself and you really feel called to help people in that way but I know for so many people just starting out you might feel that passion but you have no idea you know how do you go from that into a business into something that that can support you and and really actually help people and make a big impact in the world so how do you what are your thoughts on that as to how people can start to get some clarity and and move forward
1: Well, I think the first thing is when you have a vision, really owning it. I think sometimes, you know, we get really caught up in what other people want for us, what we think we should be doing, or this is the order to do things in, you know, there's really no order. And even though, you know, like business texts will tell you one thing and and experts will tell you another, you have to move with what feels fluid and what's inspiring you, what's creating, you know, this opportunity for action. And there's gonna be something that's gonna make you wanna get up and do backflips. That's what you need to use as your momentum, you know, the energy around what it is that you love. So I think that that's first, is like acknowledging that there's a vision, that there's a mission. And then with that, I think that once you do that, once you sort of like tap into that, I think you want to find clarity around it. Okay. So like, all right, well, I know I want to do this. I know that I'm called, but how does this translate into business? How does this become something that's profitable? How can I use this as a means to serve? And I think as you ask those questions constantly of yourself, then new ideas emerge in ways that you can, you know, be better ways that you can reach more people, I think you find the, the tools as well as the, the leadership and the support that you need to kind of move things forward. And it's very clear to you what your next steps are because you're listening. I think that so much of what plagues entrepreneurs is that like there's a lack of focus, right? Because there's not a lot of listening. It's a lot of like looking at what other people are doing and seeing like, wow, this person did this and took these steps. So if I do that, then this is going to be my result. Well, everybody has a different arc and a different journey and a different purpose and also different circumstances. And they're doing something. Something different. Even if you're doing the exact same thing, you're not going to get the same results. So it's so important to understand that everything takes time. And I think that on the journey of building something, you have to understand that it takes time. And in my work, I'm always surrounded by and reminded that everything takes time especially birth you know birth is a long process it's like takes 40 weeks to cultivate a new life and then you know as that baby's you know coming into maturity and ready to be born again 40 weeks and then once that birth takes place that could be a long time too and you have to be patient and so I think that a lot of the sort of issues that spring up for entrepreneurs is that they have a lack of patience and that the vision doesn't carry for them so that's the first thing is really focus on patience yeah
0: can we can we dig into that a little bit more I'm really glad you said that because there's just this pervasive sense and it's of two things of comparison with other people like you talked about and then also that sense that oh it's just not happening fast enough Like you just, it's like, you just want to know that it's going to work out. It just, if you could just see the end result and know that it was going to work, then maybe you could slow down. But since we don't know, it's like you push, 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 and just want it to go faster to get to the end. So, I mean, do you have any tips on how we can kind of rein both of those in and be a little more present in our businesses?
1: I think, you know, number one is really stop looking at what other people are doing If you're really doing the work, you don't have time to see what other people are doing. And I see that I have some friends who are, you know, just stepping out to, you know, launch businesses. They've been in the corporate world and now they, you know, they have a certain mindset around, you know, expectation because they've been used to getting paycheck a certain at a certain time, you know, yielding results in a certain time frame. There's a certain exact science to, you know, An unrealistic set of expectations around living and working in an environment like that. When you're in one that's more volatile and that you can also be more agile and has less stability, but actually more potential for growth and I would say fulfillment, then there's more risk, right? And so you almost have to move from a place of being in tepid water to being able to be in really hot water and feel okay with it. Because mm-hmm. it's not for the weak. It's not for the sort of like uh, they say the faint at heart. It's not. When you take this journey, you're signing up for you're basically inviting risk friendliness, right? You have to be able to tolerate the risk, right, of not knowing. And everything that we do, like around birth is, I mean, there's there's no knowing. Like everything's happening, you know, on its own time. Babies come on their birthdays. They don't come when you want them to or around your vacation schedule or whatever it is. So I'm very comfortable with this idea of, of un- the unknown. And I've had to become tolerant of that. Because I wasn't in the beginning. And I think that's one thing. The second thing is like when your head is at the grindstone and you're working hard at something, you really don't have time to compare yourself to other people. And when you're comparing yourself, look at the lens that you're comparing through what are you looking at? Are you looking at social media? Are you looking at like this person posted pictures of them with like the president and whatever? Like, what are you actually looking at and how are you filter? you putting that through? Because largely what we're seeing is updates through social media, which are punctuated. They're just what people want to share with you. They're not sharing the rad day. They're not sharing that they had, you know, some huge loss in their company or they're sharing what they want to share. That's like uplifting usually. And if they share something that's negative. It's usually, you know, like an accident, Mm -hmm. but most of the time they're sharing something that they want people to see that's inspiring. And so it's, you, you should use it for uplift and to say like, wow, look what they're doing. Like if they can do that, I can do it too. Rather than, oh, look what they're doing. How come I'm not there? You know, you never know what it took for somebody to get to where they are. So it might look like it took somebody 15 minutes, you know, to get to where they are. But it might have taken them seven or 10 years to build mm-hmm. they've gotten, gotten so far.
0: That's so true because we tend to come across people once they've made, quote, made it or once they get a certain level of visibility. So you discover them, right? And at that point, most people have already put in those several years of, working their way up to get to that. And so, yeah, it's really, you know, going onto Facebook and starting to look around at everybody else's businesses and what they're doing. I mean, it can really throw you into a funk. And the funny thing is that we often do it under the guise of, oh, I'm doing my social media update for my business, you know, but what you're really doing is getting in there and just making yourself really depressed and screwing up your work day in a way, just feeling really inadequate. So yeah, it's great advice to put a limit to that.
1: Definitely. Get some people who can do the updates for you. I mean, now when I go on to social media, it's only to post things, repost. I read a teeny bit of the feed, but it's more like, you know, things that are pertaining to what I do. So if it's like, you know, an update in health or something from New York Times that I should repost, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. It's never going to be that I'm looking at individual people's pages ever. That's why when people ask me, did you see my Facebook? I'm like, why would I have seen your Facebook? I don't even look at my Facebook. I literally go and post stuff maybe respond to some messages and that's it because it's really, I see it as a place to push information through, to keep people up to date with what's happening so they could really go back to the website and that's it, right? Like just communicate and to have, you know, those people who do reach out to me there so that I can answer them. But for the most part, it's not where I get fed, you know, and I think we need to find places that do feed us, that feed us um, at a soul level and it's not social media. Like maybe it's meeting up with friends or reading a good book or, you know, I call that glow time. Like don't let that be your the arbiter of what feels good to you and what feels safe and what makes you feel like you've been successful is through social media. Like those likes and all those things, it's great for your business. It does not mean Make or break. And it doesn't mean that somebody's better than you, that they have more, or that they've been able to generate. You know, that means that they're great at marketing. So maybe it's a study and like, well, okay, how did they do that? And what is it that I can learn? And do they offer some sort of workshops around it? Or maybe there's somebody else that offers something that you could learn. But I definitely think that we have to stop looking at what other people are doing and stop comparing. Is not unifying right because we're all in this together in terms of we're creating a league of people who are following their dreams and their hearts right and if we can't all unite on the front that we're all you know entrepreneurs and support each other and send each other good vibes like we're in this alone right so we kind of need to see what our sisters and brothers are doing and like if you're going to see somebody on social media then yeah, like write something and say, you know what? Awesome job. Like congrats to you on that and keep it going. Like rather than stew and envy or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like say something. Yeah. And then get off. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Totally.
0: So can we shift gears a little bit and talk about motherhood and balancing motherhood with running your business? Because you're a single mother and I feel like a lot of people out there have fears around will I be able to do this if I want to have a family and just you know am I going to go crazy and become completely unbalanced and unhealthy by trying to do both and so can you talk about that a bit how you found your balance
1: well I guess first I don't believe in balance I think that um you know life is just constantly throwing things our way and so we accommodate based on what's happening balance to me means that there's stillness and things are never still things are always moving right the world is always you know living and breathing and changing evolving and so are we and so when you look at like a tightrope walker walking across a tightrope what's actually getting him across is that he's off balance right because if he were to stand still he'd fall so he carries that you know that pole which throws them off balance, which gives them the ability to get to the other side. So that's what we're doing, right? We have all these things that we're juggling, that we're holding, that our responsibilities to our business, to our children, to our partners, families, friends, like, you know, all of that stuff, right? And then we have our passions, things that we love to do, things that are on the back burner. All these things are in the mix at once, right? They're all in flux. And certain things need more attention at certain times. And so we just have to be agile, right? And see like, oh, my baby needs attention right now. Or my relationship seems a little bit more love this week. Or, you know, I'm going to be out of town. I need to put my attention here. It just is something that you do based on what is happening constantly. And it's a constant renegotiation of where your attention needs to be. I see it as, you know, when you don't have those things to think about, then it Seems like there's no, it seems like it's impossible to integrate. But when all of a sudden there's a baby in the mix, there's a relationship in the mix, and there's a a business that's growing, like you just figure it out. It doesn't, it sounds really like simple, but it's like you can only figure out how to manage your time when all of a sudden there's factors that make time management really an issue, right? And so you can't really plan for it. It's almost like once you get the rhythm of what parenting looks like and feels like and it changes at each stage. But I could say for people who have young, young babies and children, the best time to get things done is, you know, they they have all these sleeping patterns, right? They sleep, you should sleep when they sleep so that you're rested. And then when there's, you know, the in-between periods where they're restful, then that's when you can actually do some of your dreaming, right? You can write down your goals. You can do some surfing on the net to look for resources. You can do your like online education you can listen to things like your show, you know, like different things you can kind of do to feed yourself. And in those sort of restful periods, like when the kid's napping or at school or something like that. And You know, I think like in my own life, when my son was small, I definitely did. I would just try to hustle in the time that he was sleeping and doing activities. I would often bring him to everything that I did, every contract that I had. It's like if my kid couldn't come, I wouldn't do the job. I was very clear that I was going to be with him. And I was with him for the first three years of his life. He was attached to me. I breastfed for three years. And then he went to nursery school for three hours a day, only three days a week. So that's no time to build a business. But, you know, in those three hours, that's when I would park my behind in a coffee shop and I would work. And then I would go pick him up. And so you just figure it out. And I think that the more support you have, the better. So, at the time, I was not good at voicing to my partner that I needed his support around what I was building. So he didn't really, he wasn't on board and it was harder to do what I was doing. So I think the best thing that you can do is to prepare And to have these conversations, if you're in a relationship and you're headed that direction of starting a family, to have these solid conversations, okay, so babe, here's what I'm thinking I want to do, like, how will this look? Am I going to stay home? Are you going to stay home? Are we getting a nanny? Are we getting, you know, family to come stay with us for a few years? Like, what does it look like for you? What would be feasible? What would work? And really have these discussions prior so that you don't have issues come up where you guys are concerned or just learning for the first time that you don't have compatible parenting styles or compatible, you know, lifestyles when it comes to like business, right? You want to make sure those things are really clear with you and your partner. And if you're single, like I am doing it alone it's like you want to make sure still that you find that support you know they say it takes a village to raise a child it takes a village to launch a business too and you do need your supporters you do need your cheerleaders you know one of the big things i suggest is finding a sister circle and that can include brothers too right and it's just people who really cheerlead for you who really believe in you who really see your blind spots and can say hey did you think about this what about that are we covered over here like who can really help you and then also like celebrate everything about what you're doing and and where you're headed and where and where you're going and people who can you know help to pick up the slack when you need a sitter at the last minute i've had So many instances where I've needed support or I need to go to this event or I have to head out of town last minute or whatever it is and I have, you know, or babies are being born in the middle of the night and I need somebody to come to the house and be with my kid. I've had these things and guess what? Like you feel like you're by yourself and then when you call someone and they step up to the plate, you're like, wow, I'm not alone. So you really want to make sure you cultivate these relationships now so that when it comes time, when you need these favors and you need to call upon your community, that they're there for you.
0: Sorry, I was going to say, I just love that idea of having a sister circle. Or in a way, it's like a personal life version of a mastermind group or something, like those people that are really going to be there, committed long term, you can meet up with regularly, you can rely on each other. How do you go about finding people like that?
1: Do you just have to create the group like that yourself? I think that there, there's obviously groups that that exist like this, but I do think that when it comes to your own life, it's your responsibility to find, to like really curate the people that are in this group, right? Because some of them are not going to be just your regular friends that you've known all your whole life or friends from work or whatever. It takes really a special kind of person to be able to support someone when they're going through transition. And life transitions, whether it's, getting married, whether it's having a baby, whether it's birthing a business, all of these life transitions require support and handholding. And, you know, that's a lot of what we do at Mama Glow is holding a woman's hand as, they, as she transitions into this next phase of her life. So when you're growing a business, it's the same exact thing. You're giving birth to something from inception, from ideation to, you know, the structure of it to actually giving it, you know, bringing it from the spirit realm into flesh, Right now it's it was a thought or an idea or like an inkling of something that was sort of radiating in your mind and then all of a sudden it's something physical that people can experience it's a tangible reality it's the same sort of support that's required right so like the way that i would find the way that i would sort of you know curate the health practitioners that would be around me or my doula or whoever it is like the kind of care that I would want or the kind of sort of observation and how do you call it like a perception and thoughts, you know that I would want people to sort of share with me I would be looking for that you know that type of quality person and I think that you find these people when you're doing what you love right you and these people that are supporting you are where you're headed not where you're at right now so it's like when you go to the places that you feel called right so if it's like you know I feel like I should go to this meditation I don't know why go right You feel like you're supposed to be going to this event. You don't really know why. Or you're trying to figure out how you can afford to pay for this thing, but you really feel called. Just go to those places because these are the places where we do find the angels, where we find the people who are some biggest supporters, where we find the synergies. And when you feel called to do something, there's a reason, right? It's not, you know, for you to kind of debate with your soul and try to psych yourself out. It's for you to listen. And I think that's the biggest lesson that we can learn as entrepreneurs is active listening, right? Because when we're listening, the soul can speak really clearly to us in no uncertain terms. We know what our next step is. And I think the reason we don't know our steps in general or feel confident about our steps, is because we're not listening for where, where to walk next. And that's a huge thing. And if you have support, if you have the people around you, they'll encourage you in a positive way.
0: Do you have a practice for how you listen to that inner voice?
1: Yes. I believe, you know, each of us has to cultivate in the way that makes sense for us. But for me, meditation is a big way that I find that. I really don't do anything without sitting with my eyes closed first. Prayer is a big way that I find that as well. I think the practice, and it doesn't have to be that you fall to your knees and you're talking to God. It could just be that when you're walking down the street and you're looking at nature and you're taking the time to see that there's beauty everywhere, that there's power everywhere, that there's some sort of divine order, when you tap into the, like the ethereal and the perfection that's around you, that's also an act of gratitude, an act of prayer, that's also a meditation. When you connect to that aspect of yourself, then you're connected to the rest of the ambient universe, right? When you're checked out of your to-do list and your emails and your bottom line and you're looking at like the perfection of a hummingbird that's suckling nectar, and it's like the beginnings of spring, and you're transported into that realm of the divine, that is a meditation moment, right? So you have to find a way that makes sense for you. And for me, it's definitely going into nature. I try to walk every day. Once I drop my son off to school, I like to walk to my next place. You know, when I'm going to my business day, I walk. And even if it's snowing, I walk so I can be in nature, so I can observe and be a part of feeling the elements because that actually keeps me in my body and out of my head for a while. So I'm not thinking about what's next. I'm really feeling and I'm tapped in when I'm feeling and I get all kinds of downloads from the universe about what I'm supposed to be doing ideas come. That's when we have aha moments, right? You talk to people and they say they never had an aha moment when they were stressed out and hustling to get something done. They have it when they're in nature or they have it when they're in the shower, taking a walk or listening to a piece of inspired music, right? It's always when we're transported that we have these moments where we feel um, tapped in, right? And that, that actually inform us or inspire us or shape us in a way that we can actually mark that moment, right? And I think that we all need to make sure we have this punctuation in our lives, right, with these moments. So you have to create that because if we sit in front of our computer all day and we don't go outside and we don't eat well and we don't get fresh air and we don't talk to our friends, we're not drinking water, we're not moving our bodies, like we don't have as much opportunity for that movement to happen through us right because these moments happen in between the spaces when we're checked out of our mind these are moments that happen when the primal brain right and so i think it's important to give yourself an opportunity to be outside it definitely works better too when you're taking care of yourself when you're eating well and you're drinking well i'm staying hydrated because a lot of um, what our body needs is um to happen you know for our self-care a lot of the metabolic processes depend upon water Right, so we need to stay hydrated, but also to just uh, making sure that you know whatever the self-reflective practice is, that it feels authentic to you. Like I know a lot of people they'll say, "Look, I can't sit and meditate; just doesn't feel right." I've tried, and they feel bad about it. You shouldn't feel bad about your practice. It should make sense for you. It should be what feels good. If if for you, if it's like you know blasting some Beyonce and jumping on the bed and dancing feels good. And that's your practice, right?
0: Just something to get you out of your head and back connected to your body.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's huge. And that's important. And when we do that, the more that's why I think the yoga practice is so important, because I feel like people come to it and they might have whatever kind of eating pattern or whatever kind of stuff going on in their life. But all of a sudden they feel connected to their body. They start looking at other areas of their life like, Mm -hmm. wow, this affects me that Conversation affected me. What I ate, I felt it this time, right? Like they start to connect all these other areas because they're, for the first time in their lives, really feeling some things not happening to them, but happening through them. And so I think that that's what we're looking for like this connection, right? Because we want spirit and body to connect in such a way that these moments of inspiration these thought patterns these channels to the divine feel seamless and they don't feel like strangers when they when things show up it doesn't feel like it's like it's like you know where did this come from you know where it came from it came from source and it's for you that's why it was planted into you and now you can act upon it Versus questioning, like, why is this happening? Am I really supposed to do something with this? Am I really being called? What does that mean? You don't have to question yourself. You can take that information and move on it because you know where it came from because you're trying to create openings for yourself to feel that.
0: You know, for so many of us that work in health and wellness, you've had that experience, like we know what you're talking about, because we've had that experience. And I think as you get more into the day to day running your business, you can start to get really disconnected from that. and, And you can do especially trying to do an online business, get into that situation where you said where you're just not taking care of yourself, you're not leaving the house, you're not moving in front of the computer. And I think this is a good reminder that we need to get back to our self care practices and make some some time for quiet in our lives.
1: Exactly.
0: So can you just, here at the end, um, just let us know where we can find you if people want to get in touch with you or any exciting projects you're working on?
1: Sure. So if people would like to find us, we'd love to know who you are at mamaglow.com. It's M-A-M-A-G-L-O-W.com. We have a wonderful resource of content for expectant new moms, but also people who just want to you know, be their best selves and feel and look their most radiant. So even if you're not on the birth continuum, there's definitely something there for you. And also what I'm excited about that's upcoming is this uh, workshop. It's the first of this type of workshop that I'll be teaching live in New York City and it's called Birthing Your Brand. And so it's like what we've been talking about today in terms of you know a gentler way of approaching our work and sort of uh, soulful entrepreneurship principles and really helping us hone in on what our marketing message is by tapping into our authentic voice. So that's going to be in April, and there will be information on our site under events on that. And uh, we'd love to see you if you're around, if you're... You know, on the UK side, we love you too. We're going to start doing some stuff that's obviously like uh, digital so that you guys can also chime in, because I, I love my UK folks. I, I have to say that I got the most love for my book in the UK out of every place in the world, the most press and the most like love and people who understood the most for the people in the UK. So I just appreciate awesome. so much. Yeah. <laughs>
0: cool. <laughs> so- well, I'll link to all of that in the show notes too. So people can just easily find your course and, and your book and everything. So So thanks so much for spending time with me today. It was great chatting with you
1: you too and thank you and thanks so much for your work because you know every time that somebody puts a message out that's positive you never know who it's going to touch and how it'll affirm them and make them move forward so you doing what you're doing is helping other people feel like they have the permission to live their truth and share their message and be in the light so thank you as well
0: oh thanks so much Thanks for listening to this episode of the Health Coach Careers Podcast. If you're thinking about becoming a health coach, don't forget to download my free health coach decision kit to help you decide if health coaching is the right next step for you. Download the decision kit at wellpreneur.com slash decision kit.